Chapter Twenty Six of White Rose of Weary Leaf by Violet Hunt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six. Amy, I insist on your staying in one room," said Mrs. Dand next morning. She was making a domiciliary visit to her housekeeper before she rose. "You have got a regular feverish attack, and I'll prescribe for you. Why do you turn your face to the wall like that?" "'Because I have had a letter that has upset me. "'Do leave me to myself, there's a good woman. "'I am quite willing to stay in my room till you go away. "'That's what you want, isn't it? "'But I mean to get up onto my two legs this minute. "'I won't be doctored for nothing.' "'All right, please yourself. "'Perhaps it is as well that you and Jeremy shouldn't meet "'till after we come back from Paris.' then everything will be a little different i hope only amy that letter you speak of is it from it is not from your husband it is from no one you know dr pottinger no i don't know a dr pottinger but perhaps you do naturally since i have had a letter from him i'll leave you amy you seem in a disagreeable carping sort of mood get up and sit by the fire I won't come near you. No, don't. Go and pack your trousseau for the honeymoon. Very well, said Mrs. Dan, seriously. We leave by nine o'clock tomorrow morning. You see how good I am, Amy? Taking your advice like a lamb. Ah, yes, my advice. I had forgotten. Well, I hope it will pan out all right, and as you expect. May Erina come to me? Yes, if you like, for half an hour. Amy got up, dressed, and drew her sofa near the fire, in the little anteroom to her bedroom, which was called her boudoir. Most rooms in the old part of the house opened out of each other. They were all convertible into boudoirs and dressing-rooms, as occasion served. She did not send for the child, after all. She felt too miserable, and she would have a clear week of its company while the father and mother were in Paris. She was glad that she would not see Mr. Dand before he went and hugged the notion, and read Plato to calm herself. But she had counted without her host. About six o'clock in the evening she heard a firm knock at her door, and knew that it was he. "'You can't come in. You really can't. Send a message. Say good-bye through the door.' He opened the door. "'Nonsense. I am not going away without saying good-bye to you. You are on the sofa. You are all right. No, keep your feet up.' for Amy, wild-eyed, haggard and weak, had risen, or rather jumped into a sitting posture. He put her feet up again and retreated to a distant armchair. "'Don't be so wild. You have absolutely nothing to fear from me, as you know well enough. What is this extraordinary development? You have avoided me for the whole day. Why?' "'I have been feeling ill. Edith told you last night, and I hear my mother's died in the asylum.' She expected no expressions of sympathy. Mr. Dand never helped people to pamper the pathetic fallacy. He merely observed, "'Well, it can't be helped. You must take a good rest while we are away.' "'Good God! Rest!' exclaimed Amy involuntarily. She felt as if a window had been blown suddenly out, and she saw she had betrayed herself. He bent his brows on her. His hands met and were clenched, unnoticed by her, for his voice was even enough. "'Do you mind our going away, Amy?' 
"'Yes, I do mind our going,' she cried with a strange, uncertain violence. "'You know what that means, so now go away, out of my room. Please, please!' "'I won't go out of your room. Why should I, because you have said that? "'But I promise to come no nearer, as an admission such as you made entitles me to do.' "'Yes, I know. I let go. I gave way. I am a muff.' Everything's wrong. Everything's false about me. I have given my word, and my word's worthless. Word? Who to? Nonsense. You are taking it as if it was the marriage service, when foolish people dare to promise impossibilities. It's nothing, I tell you. A whiff of passion, you know. You had to know some time or other. All women must. When I touched you last night, after Edith had excited you by her rudeness, you knew— you'll forget again. Your nature has betrayed you temporarily. I told you it would. One can't be better or more heroic than oneself. But it's only a mood. Oh, say it's only a mood. I shall get out at the other side of it. I don't believe it is real, and if it is, it will make no difference to you anyway, or to your people that trust me. I shan't fail them. I haven't a soul left in the world to me now. You are all my family." Oh, I am so glad you are going away. I shall come back, he said gently. Yes, I hope so, but by that time I shall be no longer hysterical. I shall have taken long walks and worked, and I shall have had your child to kiss and love. You are like de Musset, who kissed a child pour donner à son cœur un pur de naissance. I can't understand French. No, you are not a thorough-paced adventuress at all. That's right. Abuse me. Insult me. It does me good. It shows me that I do not really love you. No, you don't really love me. I agree with you. This will pass with you as it has passed with me. We shall be able to continue living here, all of us, on the old terms that were so sweet to me. You were my chosen companion, not my mistress. Anybody can be a man's mistress but companions don't grow on every tree. And these rolling mists of scents that come down now and then and hide the mountain top will clear away and leave us in our good peace and serenity. Don't you think so? You have settled it. Yes, and according to the dictates of propriety, too. Charming, but it is no doing of mine. I am impartial, quite. I tell you, I never touch the pendulum. I obey circumstances. I am going off with my wife on a second honeymoon, so she says, and I dare say it will be. I do not dislike her because I love you. That is not necessary. Once, conventionally speaking, she was everything to me. It isn't her fault, poor thing, that she isn't now. Neither is it yours. Don't think so. Enjoy yourself. You will. I am leaving you my child, whom I know you prefer to me, whatever you may say while this fit is on. Be as happy as you can, and so will I. Edith will, of course, be as happy as I can make her. I shall try. I don't grudge Edith her happiness. She may as well be happy, though we can't. Oh, believe me, we can in the end. It's a habit of mind. Let us try for it. Don't be done by circumstances. 
what are we worth what's our philosophy worth if we don't work for happiness or at least not pain happiness within the strict canon too no one able to raise a finger against us the church might even give its blessing on the compact i remember your father was a bishop said amy sulkily amy don't be cross why should we so-called intellectual people a poor stifled minority toiling in a web of horrid laws and ordinances obviously made for the good of the greatest stupid number contribute to each other's undoing refuse obedience to salutary rules and raise up stumbling blocks for the heathen amy was bored i don't care she said wearily arrange us as you like i'm sure i don't want to be wicked only death's at the back of all all your fiddling all your dancing is done on graves you are thinking of your mother good gracious i didn't know you even took in the fact of her death you surely don't expect me to express sorrow or to sympathize when people die i will though if you tell me you loved her and that it makes a difference to you it makes no difference except to my pocket no i didn't love her i only supported her and yet doing that somehow supported me and made me feel less alone he took her hand you must not feel alone you will always have me. I shall stick to you till I die. I never promised that to any woman before. And you may interpret the speech as you will. If you take it as an insult, forget it. If you like it, and like to think I love you, put it away in a drawer, pull it out, look at it sometimes when you are unhappy. But let us, when I come back from Paris, be as we were before. Forget this uprising of dull, deep, unpractical things emotion that can't culminate does harm good-bye you would like me to kiss you wouldn't you but i will not end of chapter twenty six read by lisa reichert